Now this is Hollywood Unlocked. Yo, what up? It's Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. I'm Jason Lee. Yeah, it was DJ Damas. Let's get this show started. All right, listen. Um, our third member of the uh, of the group here, uh, Melissa Ford, she's not here today. Um, I want to send uh, my condolences to her. Her mother passed away yesterday. She's in Canada, you know, tying up everything there. And she's been dealing with this for a while now. And yeah. I know that she's shared publicly her thoughts on losing her mom. And, you know, um, sometimes people feel like they run out of time when it comes to loved ones or family members. And um, I know she's taking it hard. So we're sending her flowers and again, sending our love to you, Mel. And we hope that you are, um, you know, staying strong. Yeah. Hold your head, Melissa. This is tough, but you know, it's good that you're there. You were there for her and um, we just send you love and light. I also want to send, um, you know, my condolences to the family of Gregory Boyce. Greg Boyce, um, I just knew him as Greg. He was in the movie Twilight. He passed mm -hmm. away uh, this past week in Las Vegas. He was found dead in, in his house with his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And people are suspecting that, um, you know, it was due to drug usage or overdosing. And, you know, I've known Greg for years. He was, uh, I've known him for a long time. Uh, right after the Twilight movie hit and... Um, I met him in the streets and he'd be at the clubs and um, he was always a good guy. And the thing I liked about him was that he was a, a street guy, you know, from L.A. or in the from the L.A. streets or whatever. But he would also, you know, go to the gay clubs with his cousin, you know, and and be in the streets and be friendly with people who weren't like him. And that was one thing that really um, that I respected about him because he didn't he wasn't afraid to be transparent. Um, and I really, I really did uh, like that about him. And I was looking at our old text messages and the text message that I said to him last, he said to me last was, Hey, let's go to lunch. And of course life gets in the way you get mm -hmm. busy, you go on a book tour, you don't call people back and then they die. And uh, he had posted on his Instagram that he, uh, he, he had just recently turned 30 and he said, man, Oh no, right before he turned 30, he, he posted an Instagram post, which we'll put up right here. And he basically said that he never thought he would make it to 30. He thought he would, would make it. That's and, crazy. And then he died at 30. So, you know, condolences to him and his family. And, you know, death always does something weird to me. I just, it's just something that I just have never really uh, uh, handled well. My brother mm -hmm. Rodney's birthday, who died when I was 19 years old, is in three days. It's just always a thing that reminds me that time is limited. And uh, with Rona, there's so much to be appreciative of just the fact that we can still eat or have a place to live or have a yeah. job or whatever. And all of wake you that up. support us just but just to wake up like that's to wake up. See a new just, day. It's just this one thing to be thankful for. So, you know, shout out to them. Um, and I posted this on my Instagram today. Um, this post, it says so many people passing away. Thank God for waking us up every morning. And then I said, leave up. A heart if you see this and lots of people are leaving hearts and it's just a reminder that like i can look at facebook twitter and instagram and see a dead person or somebody passing or a funeral every single it's insane. day yeah and i just uh, send my condolences out to everybody to everyone and i don't know if we said it here man of course rest in peace to andre harrell we spoke on that quickly but rest in peace to little richard man the, the king the originator man the reason we have rock and roll um yeah it was just a few passings i don't know if we got to speak on we did take a, a little break but Rest in peace, little Richard and Andre Harrell. Yeah, you had a you had a relationship with Andre. I, I didn't know him. I only met with him once, seen him around a couple times. Amazing, amazing dude, man. One of those guys that is an icon, has done so much, but so personable. Like you would have to stop Andre from giving you game. Like he mm -hmm. would talk to you so much. He was so engaging. 
you know, rest in peace to Andre Harrell, um, his son, you know, well wishes to everybody in the family. Yeah. So, you know, this is one of those things where life is life, man. And the only thing promised, I used to always say this is, you know, the only thing that's promised in life is death, which is really true. Nah, but man. I think it, it's the in-between that matters, right? Like, how do you create a legacy? And the mm-hmm. legacy doesn't have to be as grand as what Obama or Michelle Obama are going to leave. But, you know, it's just what what memory do you want to leave on people? You know, and I've been watching the Michelle Obama docu- documentary, Becoming. I've watched it probably three or four times now. Man, it makes you just want to be more and more creative. Do more. And yeah. to do more, you know? <laughs> Step up. And uh, these, this is the time to be doing that, to figure it out. And people are, I think, uh, stressing at home over their job or life or going outside or traveling. I know we all are. We all share in that. But just take a minute to be thankful for the fact that you're still here and uh, and just try to exist in what life is. Like, not what life is going to be, not what life was, but what, what life is right now. That's been what's helped me through all of my uh, anxiety. It's just, this is what it is. This is not the new normal. This is the normal right now. It's a hard transition for people. You know, transition's hard on everyone. But, you know, after you, a lot of people have lost their jobs. They're losing loved ones. And, you know, we all want us to live in this moment, but it's hard for a lot of people to realize, you know, it hit them so quick. You used to go into a job every day. You used to take your kids to school. Now everybody's at home. There's a lot of noise. There's a bunch of time, but also you feel like there's no time. So everybody, you know, find some peace and some stillness and utilize this moment. You know, don't get caught up on what's not happening, what's not working successfully go through your transition because that's what this is for everybody. If you're used to doing a nine to five, going to work, now you might be working from home or maybe it might be time to start a new job or start your own career, but just embrace this transition. But I know it's hard. Yeah. And for those of you that are home, I want to know what you're doing. We want to know what you're doing. You can text us the <laughs> numbers us below, the numbers below. Just text, right us a, text us a video of what you're actually doing while Please. you're at home during Rona. And we'll put the video on our next show just so uh, we can continue to build on our relationship with all of you um there's a lot going on Woo. Uh, but before we get into the news uh, make sure you're subscribed to us on youtube and watching us frequently make sure you're sharing it too and uh, subscribing to us on on uh, itunes google play spotify and uh everything where, literally everything we ain't soundcloud podcasters yet but when we get there <laughs> download us there too we had to take a week or two off just so we could let y'all miss us a little bit mm. So there's a lot to get into. Have you been watching the whole return of Takashi 69? You know what? I knew he was going to come back with a bang. Anybody that thought he wasn't going to come back with a bang is delusional. I knew that was going to happen because everybody's curious on how he's going to play this snitching route, right? That's why I was tuned in. When he went and did his first live, I was like, I got to watch it because I want to see how a rapper is going to try to make snitching cool. And he really is almost doing it. Like, it's not working for people in my generation or, you know, like people like us, Jason, but the kids are going with it. Like, oh, he's the, calling out me, other rappers. <laughs> like, let me, let, me, let me tell you, for those of you that have missed it, uh, we've actually dedicated a whole um, episode of Problematic to this guy. And so uh, I don't know when this show is going to air, but if it hasn't aired before we, we if it hasn't aired, if, if our Problematic hasn't aired before this episode, just wait for it. And if it has aired since we did that episode, go look for it because the shit's going to be hilarious because I try to break down everything he's done because uh-huh. it's been so much. You know, we've interviewed, what, Casanova. We interviewed yeah. Fat Joe. We interviewed um, WAC 100. And everybody predicted exactly what we said. He's going to get out and he's going to do his thing. I've been perplexed at who's to blame, though, because... The, the record label. 
No, no, but I mean for him in general, like for his existence. Is it the record label or is I it- still blame the record label. Really? Because after really doing some research and seeing how much they own, um, they own his likeness. So when he was locked up, he wasn't able to tweet. How are we getting these statements from Six Nine and all these things? A company's putting that out, but I keeping mean, his name but circulating. I, but I mean, him even being a name, right? Like he, this kid got put tattoos all over his face. He dyed his hair. He became a brand that that got blown up and attached to a street gang who profited yeah. off of him, who Johnny. got clout off of him, and mm. then he snitched on everybody because that's what non-gangbangers do. And yeah. then he got out, and he's still an internet terrorist. Like, this kid is literally the best troller. I am, I find him fascinating. I said this on Instagram the other day. I find him fascinating because he is defying everything that the culture and street culture said was appropriate. You know, I'm not, I'm not a gangbanger by any measure. I will call the police. I will, I will walk to the police department <laughs> to file a report. Now I'm not as bad as Karen, but I will cite your ass in public. So I will pull out a notepad but, but and, I, a and I will write down the infraction and I will hand it but, to you and then call the police. See, but now, and that, that gets confused a lot in the street culture. If you're a civilian, you can't be considered a snitch, right? Correct. Now you shouldn't snitch because it's still scary. You know, if you tell in period, it's going to be scary. But I if don't you're a fear, regular, I don't fear nobody but the Lord, damage. But if you're a regular, everyday, law-abiding person, and someone commits a crime, and you tell, it is not really considered snitching. Considering snitching is when you're in on the crime too, and then when they got both of y'all, you're going, "Oh, he did it, so I can get a lesser sentence." It's like right. not owning up. So looking at the Takashi situation, you know, a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, you know, they did this and they threatened them and." This with his baby mom, but I'm like, he was complicit with a lot of things. He ordered hits on rappers and then snitched on the people he had to do the hits. That doesn't make any sense. If I, I, and, go ahead. If, just say if I wanted to hurt Adam, our producer, right, and I paid you, Jason, to do it, I can't snitch on you for doing something I ordered you to do. Yeah, like, you could. Yeah, no, no, like, you that's could. That's the crazy No, part. no, no, you could. Because I would just take a deal by showing the evidence that you solicited it and that I just was minding my business eating, um, you know, Cheerios. And here but you, you know how it works. Whoever take this, the deal first is the one that controls the narrative. But this is where I think our community, one, I think what you just offered in terms of definition is important, right? Like, if you are a victim of a crime, you have a responsibility to tell, Right. But if you are, if you subscribe to the street culture and that's where you want to live, you got to subscribe to the rules that govern there yeah. too. I do think that 6ix9ine did a great job of making people question yeah. whether or not he should have told. Because I ain't going to lie, even me, who can separate the two between somebody in the streets and somebody who's just a victim, I was like, well, damn, if I wasn't a gang and they kidnapped me, robbed me, fuck my baby daddy, um... Because you know, gotta stay on brand, even when I'm giving you an analogy. Um, yeah, would I tell? I don't know. Would I? Probably. But but the bottom line is, regardless of what people think, he is still ultra popular, right? But I feel like, is is he, we don't know how long he's going to be ultra popular. It I don't matter. We're talking about right now. Yeah, I knew as soon as he got out, people are going to be curious, right? So right now you're getting curiosity numbers. Like, I curiosity, see what saying. curiosity is when I get a nigga a gin and tonic at the bar and then he ends up at my house. <laughs> That's up. curiosity. Two million, people, 2 million people on Instagram live, 55 that, million people on YouTube in a day, a yo, fight with that, Billboard. 
That, but look, I, I went and listened to the song too. I'm not a super fan of Takashi, but I wanted to hear what is he talking about. You know, I want to hear the subject matter. Like after you done told on all the all your homeboys, how are you going to make a song talking about shooting people at the chicken spot? No, you're not. Well, like, may, maybe he is shooting them at the chicken spot, and maybe he will tell when he gets caught for that too. But either way, I don't know what a gooba is or a gumbo or a gumma or none of that or gonna whatever this. I don't even know. Like like I've said. I am not of the generation that listens to that music. Now, his video was great. It was very comical. He had the rat face. He had the girls, all um, girls of color. His lace front was laid. I mean. Is that a lace front? Listen, his hair was laid. Shout out to Jonathan. He did a great job. But the kid is back. You know, but I was talking to somebody that actually made me think of something else. Mm. All these rappers knew he was getting out. All these rappers know he's a troll, and all these rappers knows the power of his social influence. So I kind of feel like Meek Mill, uh, French Montana, Rich the Kid, Lil TJ, all these rappers who are fighting with him are doing so for clout. Nah. Yes. Not all of them. Maybe some. Let Maybe me tell some, you some. Of course. There's why did why, 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 why did clout chasing? Meek Mill just had a baby. He had. You're you're supposed to be a part of a reform organization with Jay Z getting niggas out of prison. Why are you focused on a rat that you a guy that you say is a rat, Meek? Now I like Meek Mill, and no, I don't want think no about smoke. it, Jason. But think about the background. As somebody that served so much time as Meek Mill watching somebody go scot free after snitching on their homies. It's going to hit you differently than I can't speak for every other rapper, right? But for people that done time and probably been in situations where they could have told and got a lesser sentence and got homies that's probably locked up right now that probably could have told and got a lesser sentence, it probably just aggravates him to see this guy out here and walking around smiling and making videos. Meanwhile, there's 10, 20 people locked up that can't see their families for the next 15 years. As a person like me who's advocating to get somebody out of prison, it aggravates, I'm going to use your word, it aggravates me to see a rapper named Meek Mill, who's a part of the whole reform movement of getting people out of prison, fighting online with a guy who just got out of jail for snitching about gang culture. Like, pick a pick a side. You cannot be all about prison reform and saving kids in our streets and wanting to do better for the black culture. But then on the other side, throwing up mice emojis right after you had a baby. Like, you got to choose the life that you want to live. You can't you can't say you stand with Cap and then go create a deal with a partnership with the NFL, Jay-Z. But isn't that what we now, love about our, our artists, though? No, they have, no. We do, because look, we... we no, we, I hate it. We, you, we, we, we have this love for Tupac, and he was the same way. Tupac was the most... His messages were so contradictory in theory if you really nope. look at it i'm a school you nope nope you too young to know this nope go ahead i'm gonna let you finish but nope i'm too young to know about tupac's messaging yes oh yes. no yes no way damn it how, like, how old were you when tupac died i think was he 95 when he died or was it i'll g- give or take a year go ahead i was five you was a king guard play with play-doh you was playing with play-doh that's nothing to do with knowing what tupac's message school. was i was in high school listen to me Tupac was a poet that merged oh. street culture, street culture with uh, real issues of and struggles in the black community. But he wasn't saying, you know, uh, you know, let all my niggas out of prison. We, 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 we this is I'm all about reforming the prison system and sitting at the table with uh, legislators and around governing the laws for people of color. No, he was like a, he was a rapping Black Panther. That's how I would 
That's he was how a rapping Black about. Panther, but at the same time, he was disrespecting women. He talked about killing other rappers. So Here it was go. like... Damage and turn into C. Dolores Tucker. Here we what go. What I'm saying is, isn't that what we love about artists that they can give us both? It's like, they want to do better. We see the growth in Meek Mill. I see the growth in somebody like Tupac, but he still is who he is. So, you know, him being aggravated by somebody like uh, Takashi 69 I can see how that can strike a chord. But I feel like Meek has made much, much progress. I was a fan. Of, I'm a fa First of all, I like Meek Mill. Um, I respect what he's been doing in trying to reform the prison system, uh, specifically mm -hmm. after he was, you know, targeted by that black judge in Philadelphia. Right. Like I'm all for that. Where he loses me is when he gets off message. Right. Um, you know, he loses me when he gets off message. Why are you even focused on? Uh, uh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Six, nine didn't even come for me. Meek came for 6ix9ine, and he did so because he knew exactly what we all know. If you come for 6ix9ine, he going to come for you. And guess what? Re regardless of what you feel, and, and Meek, you're on Rock Nation. Jay-Z said it before I did. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers don't. More people are paying attention to 6ix9ine than they are to Meek Mill. Am I lying there? But Meek Mill has nothing going on right now. You said it, he's, not me. He's not promoting anything right now. He's taking a break. Well, just like Takashi said, okay, and I'm so <laughs> disgusted that I'm quoting this kid. Trust me, people, I understand. People are now saying, oh, Jason Lee's on Takashi's payroll. No, I just always try to find the most unpopular opinion when it counts, right? Mm -hmm. Do I think that Takashi 69 is a street thug? No. Do I think that people should do dirt and then go snitch? No. You live by the streets, you die by the streets. I believe in that because that's what my family has had to do. Mm -hmm. But do I believe that nowadays uh, uh, street guys, gangs, neighborhoods are putting these celebrities on because they're getting paid to do it? They're paying for protection. They're paying for clout. They're paying for the association to make them some type of credible street guy. Yeah. And you know what? The gangs sold out each other first. So you can't blame 6ix9ine. I think if you look at cancer, do you, do you go and look at the spot on your skin and say, ooh, that it's that spot's fault. No, you look at what was the causation of the cancer. Was it genetics? It, it, it was Wax saying that too, though. I think pretty much, that, yeah. pretty much. He was but, saying like it's not necessarily his fault. It's like who brought him around. Like if you know somebody's not cut from that cloth, why would you bring him around, or not even bring him around because they could have did that? Why do incriminating things around this person, knowing? He don't follow the same code as y'all. There's a lot of people to take blame for this situation, for sure. I always was, I was told early mm -hmm. on, early in the game, I was told, do not do no dirt with nobody that you know you can't trust. Now, yeah. think about it. We never really know who we can't trust until we can't trust them, right? But I, but you do get to a certain level of experience. When you in the streets, you come from Philly. I come from Stockton. When you are in the streets, you know who not to fuck with. You see how shady niggas move because you can watch how they do it with other people. So when you see somebody like Takashi, who he said on The Breakfast Club, I didn't do no dirt. I, why should I do the dirt? Because he got the money. He got the clout. He don't have to do the dirt. He got people mm -hmm. for that. And you know, you know a lot of rappers. I know a lot of people. They all got people, right? So I just kind of feel like you created this monster. And now I think what's happening is, you're using them for clout. Now, none of these rappers would buy a ticket to go watch his show or do a feature with him because then you are overtly supporting a snitch, right? But I guarantee you they're on his live. I guarantee you they're watching his video. I guarantee you they're watching all his moves because guess what? Right now he has the recipe for getting the world's attention.
You know what I was laughing at when he went live and he started shouting out certain rappers? I'm wondering, <laughs> I was wondering how they felt. He was like, you know, shout out to Tory Lanez, shout out to Drake. It was like, oh, okay, so you got some homies while you was locked down, huh? They were sending you letters. Well, one of his friends that he don't have, uh, that he doesn't have, is uh, Billboard. You want to get into that? All right, y'all. So just days after uh, 6ix9ine exposed Billboard for playing favorites and manipulating chart data, uh, the publication has now control alt deleted his profile and all of his chart history on the platform. So on Friday, which was May 15th, the following release of his comeback track, Gooba 6ix9ine took to Instagram to break down a hot 100 forecast sent to him to his label for the beginning week, Monday, May 18th. Check this out. What I'm about to show you is a forecast, right, of what every label in the world gets. Atlantic, Interscope, Republic, Columbia, Sony, Universal Music. Every label gets this, right? This forecast was today, Friday. So it was sent yesterday. This is the forecast from yesterday, right? Number one, Doja Cat, Say So. Number two, 6ix9ine Gooba. Number three, The Weeknd, Blinding Lights. Four, Megan Thee Stallion. Number five, Ariana Grande was stuck with you. Last night, which is completely illegal, last night, last second, like last hour, stuck with you by Ariana Grande submits 60,000 units out of nowhere, completely out of nowhere. This is the forecast they sent every label. It puts Ariana Grande was stuck with you at 43.7, which jumps 12 points. They went from being fifth place to first place out of nowhere, right? It puts Gooba 40 points. So Gooba never jumps to number one, but Ariana jumps from number five to number one. And then they post for a very limited time. Go So Billboard, I'll be real disappointed because this is for every rapper, artist in the world, every genre. If you manipulate the charts, right? And you create bundles. Let's go, let's go to Gooba, right? Let's go to Gooba real quick. Gooba streamed over 200 million streams, more than Stuck With You, Doja Cat, more than every artist that released a song this week, double the times. It's a landslide, right? Sony, Doja Cat is, I think, I believe it was Sony. Sony placed an audit to Billboard and they said, we want to see your numbers because we're not comfortable being number three. We want number one. I mean, no, I think they said we're comfortable with Takashi being number one, but why are we number three? So Universal Music has put an audit in and Sony has put an audit in because literally you're manipulating the charts now. So Billboard, the world is watching and seeing why y'all cheat. If y'all doing this to, to every artist in the world, how, how can an artist that works hard get number one? How? That was crazy. That yeah. was crazy. I mean, Jay-Z's been saying it. Nikki's been saying it. I mean, I think when Nikki was saying no, nobody wanted to like really listen. Mm -hmm. But once Jay-Z started saying it, Nikki's been saying it like everybody's the, been questioning Billboard for a while. But the crazy part was Billboard got in a fight with a snitch and he told on him. He told on him and then they deleted everything. But now that's the problem. Now, okay. I I need everybody to hear me out. I am not a fan of Takashi 69. I do not know him personally. I do not I've I've never been to a show. I met the kid once in passing. We don't talk like that, but I'm gonna always keep it a buck, right? 
Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question, Damage. You have been in the business for a while. You've met everybody. You've interviewed the Nazis and then this and that. If Billboard took down Rihanna's charting. That's crazy. What would happen? You That made them seem guilty to me. To me, I was like, wait, what, you, you're going to delete everything he's ever put out? Like, you know, You know what my friend told me? What? He said, do you know how, he's an artist, right? An upcoming artist that hasn't been on the charts. Like, you know what he said? He said, let me break down how significant this is. Me and Takashi 69 in the eyes of Billboard are now on the same level. Yeah. That's they, crazy. They, just, they took, first of all, I mean, I didn't know how Billboard work. Is it like a private thing? Is it a public thing? Like they can just do that? They could just take down. That's like people's... the Grammy. That's like the Grammy saying, well, if you, uh, since you, okay, Kanye West, since you have um, attacked us with your opinion, yeah. I'm now going to take away all your Grammys. What? But it just shows you how powerful 6ix9ine is. Because I would think a, a publication like Billboard would just be like, oh, it's not true. And then ignore it. But or not, to- or not even respond to it. That's crazy. But don't. But do you do, for the people in the public who don't understand this, right? So all the fans, all of you that are doing the streams, buying albums, waiting for it to come out, mm-hmm. showing up to support your favorite artist, they are all re, they are all depending on that behavior for Nielsen ratings, which mm-hmm. then helps their Billboard charting. So. Am I right so far? No, no. And, and, and to piggyback off what you're saying, there's people who have record contracts based on the Billboard charting on if they're going to get better advances, um, bonuses for their deal. So Billboard is extremely important in the music game. And so to take away, have you ever in your life heard about Billboard removing an artist charting because they disagree with them? First of all, they never took Nicki stuff down. Nicki been going at them for a while. Jay Z, but but let me them. let me tell you why they can't take away Nicki stuff. She's too big of a popular artist. Like like the Barb's can suck a cock, right? But in terms of Nicki Minaj as an yeah. artist, in terms of her contribution to music and all of the different hits she's had and 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 features she's had on people's shit, Monster is still something I, I sing in private. Uh, and looking ass nigga, I will sing that in my house. I don't sing. I don't sing along to her songs <laughs> in public. In yeah, oh yeah, I would never get caught. Can you imagine me getting caught, like nodding my head to a Nicki Minaj song? Nah, Chun Li got to stay in the headphones. I'm sorry, but you know the idea that they would take if they took Nicki Minaj's charting, I'd be right here saying, you know what, that's some bullshit because she earned it. Period. She earned it. Now. He was mad. This all came about when uh, Ariana Grande had a single that came in with 60,000 units like last minute and took kind of yeah, like that, his billboard placing. She she was using all them extra credit cards. <laughs> That's what Takashi was saying. But you know, Justin Bieber came out and made a statement. Yeah, Did I you know. know that? Listen, Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber is still, you know, he, he's one of those newfound Christians that found God and all of a sudden everything is wrong. And I think Ariana Grande is the most overrated Artist in 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 the in the history of music. I I don't understand why people like her. She um, can sing. She can sing. She yeah, can she, she powerful she, voice. She can sing. I just don't want to look at her singing. <laughs> it's like it's like hanging out in a nursery. You know, what I mean, like I don't want to hear these kids singing. No, That's but just me. but you know, Bieber was caught before trying to tell his fans how to manipulate the system to get him the number one. So mm-hmm. when he put out the statement against uh, Takashi, I was like, all right, but I don't really know. Should I read it? Yeah. He said his streams don't count. Yes, they do. He's counting his global streams, and this is his domestic chart. So only domestic streams count. So he's saying 6ix9ine got it wrong. 
60,000 units came because we don't disclose our numbers until the end of the week. That's called strategy. So he's trying to sun six now right here. He said 30K was bought on six credit cards, but that's a lie. The rules are clear. One credit card can buy four max copies. Anything over that entire amount gets thrown out. Nielsen Companies checks this out, found all our sales were legit because our fans are amazing and bought them. Don't, don't discredit our fan base with false info. Well, I don't want to get into a fight with Justin Bieber because I like him. I just saw him recently, uh, well, right before the right before Rona showed up and took her earrings off and whooped our ass. Uh, I saw yeah. him at church and he, you know, he was a little off key singing his church music with Kanye, but you know, nonetheless, he really does love God. He's married and he's happy. So whatever. But all I will say Yo. is uh, there was also controversy recently where I guess they took down Nicki, took Nicki Minaj's number one from her, her and Doja Kitty. Uh, they hit number one with say it, say so. Yeah, say yeah. It, say is so. it say it ain't so? Say so. Say so. Okay. Saying, I don't know if you say so. Okay, cool. Say so. I don't listen to it and stuff. Uh, but they had reached the number one, and fans were uh, claiming that online social media was saying that fans from other countries were re-registering their phones to the United States mm -hmm. to be able to mass purchase or stream the album. They got their number one. Then, then they're not number one anymore. But they they lost their number one after the first week. Uh, although shout out to them, they did make history with uh, Megan Thee Stallion and uh, Beyonce for women. Uh, I think at number one at the same time. Let's just be real. Everybody's cutting corners trying to sell these records, and I ain't mad at them. But when you get caught, you gotta own up. Own That's it. What it is. You own it. Own up. Look, if if I was in the music game and I knew how to swindle a number one, I'm doing it. Well, I just I'm doing it. I Why would I do that? I just did my first record. I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get one thousand, but I'm gonna be on a chart somewhere in the top one thousand. Is there yep, a one thousand? Is there a one thousand chart? The hot one thousand? No, it's just a hot. It's a uh, it's a two hundred, <laughs> and then it's a hot one hundred. Well, I got a <laughs> I got I got a pretty decent feature, so I'm Look, I'm oh, hoping we get our credit cards popping off. Yeah, buy thirty thousand each. You know I mean, you get thirty thousand, I get thirty thousand. We right there with Justin and, and Ariana. Hello. I still won't ever forget uh, Ariana licking that damn donut. But let's put the video in here. All right, I'm done with them. Let's move on. All right, y'all. It's time for another Hollywood hookup. All right, so listen, since we're in the house and Rona's still out there harassing everybody, I've been working on detoxing and I got a new detox that I want to share with everybody because this is actually one of my favorite. And uh, mm -hmm. Damage is going to read while I play Vanna White and show <laughs> you the products. Yes, it's called Embrace Pangea. Uh, it's a holistic company offering premium herb-infused natural hygiene products and herbal detoxes. They have a wide variety of products that fit your daily health and hygiene needs, such as the five-star rated Pangea Wash for the ladies. It's all-natural, pH-balanced, foaming feminine wash with rose and honeysuckle extracts, and their essential 18 detox tea. Okay, but wait, before you, before you go any further damage, let's slow down on the feminine wash. Now, y'all were cute. <laughs> y'all were being cute sending me this feminine wash, but since I don't have the parts for this, I'm going to give this to my neighbor. That's right. Give it to a neighbor. And with something you can use is their essential 18 detox tea that's packed with 18 powerful non-laxative. Okay, let's let's mention that. Non-laxative herbs to remove stuck on waste from your colon wall. So if you're trying to clean all that out, 
this is for you. So if you're looking for a natural way to promote healthy gums, better breath, and overall healthy and oral hygiene routine, you can check out the Herberance Advanced Vitanical Mouthwash. Now that's essential for everybody with that uh that hungry breath during quarantine. And ladies, if you need to wash your other mouth, get this because I don't need it. <laughs> oh my god. Use the discount code UNLOCK to get 10% off your first order. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Detox and clean that colon now. <laughs> and that was your Hollywood hookup. So what else is happening? You're a basketball oh, fan. Yo, man. So you know the last dance, everybody's talking about the uh, MJ documentary. And if you watch the uh, the later episodes, they talk about the NBA legend, man. One of my favorite players, Carl Malone. He's a Hall of Famer, four-time All-Star NBA player, man. Carl Malone is that dude. But uh, uh he's also the, he's also the guy that didn't want to play with Magic Johnson when he got HIV because he was afraid he was going to catch it. And yeah, and, I mean that didn't <laughs> age well. It was, that was old times, you know. But for some reason, some of his uh dirty laundry's popping up. It was uh reported that he impregnated a 13 year old girl named Gloria Bell while he attended Louisiana Tech University back in 1984. Now he was 20 years old at the time, and Bell's son Demetrius was born. Bell's parents took Malone to court for a paternity test in 1986, but he never faced any charges afterwards. So, you know, like I said, with the final uh, chapters of The Last Dance ending in Utah, a lot of people was like, yo, let's really talk about what's going on with Carl Malone and this baby he had with a 13-year-old. Now, shout out to Demetrius. He played for the NFL. He played for my uh, my Eagles, so I do know of him. Um, and reportedly, Carl Malone did not want a relationship with him after he was born. But they officially met when his son, his illegitimate son, Demetrius, was 17 years old. How you don't want a relationship with a kid that you created out of an unlawful act. And you know what? So let me just picture this, right? There was a 20-year-old. Let's put let's put Carl's picture up right here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's Carl Malone. And side by side, we're gonna put a 13-year-old girl, right? So this 20-year-old, big ass, tall ass. Basketball player He's huge. was putting his adult size Snickers in this little kid and then got her pregnant and then went on to be a revered, world-renowned basketball player, yeah. homophobic basketball player, by the way, because he was scared of catching HIV for magic. I'm going to leave that there. You can figure that out. And... uh yeah, I just, I don't know why this is an issue. But his son, his other son, actually yeah. recently came forward. He had a lot to say, and this is what he said. He made a mistake, but at the end of the day, he's like, he's still a great dad. He he still takes care of Demetrius. Demetrius is my brother. I love him to death. I mean, my dad is a part of all of his kids' lives. And people want to think he's not, but, I mean, he literally does anything for us. And he would do it. He'd take a shirt off his back for anybody. That's just who he is. And, you know, it's just all that stuff that people say about him just takes away from what a great player he was and what a dominant player he was. And, it, you know, it doesn't only hurt me, but I mean, it hurts like it hurts me seeing my mom because my mom literally deals with all this shit. She's the rock of the family. And, uh, me and my dad had social media. He would be on. He'd be on here, the same thing. But I mean, my dad's just a country country boy. I mean, he has he still has a damn flip phone. So, I mean, 
I just think me as one of his sons and seeing all this stuff said about him on Twitter, I just wanted to step up. And I mean, I don't care what y'all think about my dad. I'm just telling you what kind of guy he is. So what you think, damn it, Shakar Malone, the mailman, should he be should he be mailed to prison? <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, if social media was out back then, they would have tore him to shreds. I feel like the situation is bigger than what we see. I feel like a 20-year-old basketball Yeah, 20 star, years old, bigger. What I what I do feel like is I, first of all I think it's disgusting I I don't I don't I don't rock with that but I do know when I was even coming up in school there was a lot of young girls talking to twenty year old men I had a girlfriend at, that was thirteen that cheated on me with a twenty twenty two year old dude so I know that was like a thing I don't know why but that was a thing I do feel like people got in his head when this baby was born he is a superstar in high school college I feel like people told him don't have a relationship with this girl you know what I'm saying don't I feel like it, he was manipulated to probably go against his best judgment in a lot of ways. I'm not letting him off the hook, but I know when you're a superstar and you somebody of that stature back like, then. Like, like R. Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. I, I can't really relate the two. I can't relate the two. I can't relate the two. R. Kelly. I can't uh, relate the two. Well, they both are popular, extremely famous, revered by their constituents and their communities, and then got caught. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened, but R. Kelly's sitting in a prison cell right now, dying of boredom because his illiterate ass can't read the Bible, and he ain't got no cards to play with, he ain't got no girls to piss on. And Carl Malone is somewhere sitting up eating a Klondike bar, watching yeah. the fucking last dance. I'm not hoping that Malone we don't talk hook, about him. But I'm not comparing him to R. Kelly. He wasn't they was fucking the same girls. He wasn't continuously trapping and luring in young girls for years oh, and years. Oh, oh, so let me oh, understand something. Let me understand something. If I inject heroin in my veins once, but I inject it in there 10 times, am I not using heroin? I think that's, so. It's different, Jason. You right. And that's, why, and that's why the mailman ain't worried about no postage because he don't see prison as a destination. But guess what? Carl, how to catch a problem? Oh, no, they get Carl no out of here. They, I think get get Carl out of here, but I do feel like the reason he didn't have a relationship with his kid, and I don't know this for a fact, but I do know there's probably people in his ear from family to agents to everybody manipulating. He's still a young man, probably telling him to do something about, uh, against his better judgment. Only because I want to piss everybody off. Lil Boosie has just pissed me beyond. He's already a homophobe. Like, the nigga should be in prison, too. I'm going to keep saying this until they lock him up. He recently, a video surfaced, and we posted on Hollywood Unlocked, said that he had his young son's dick sucked by a grown woman uh, when he was uh, 12 years old. Here's the video. I'm training them boys right. I'm training them boys right. Ask in them my, 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 my nephew. Ask in them. Ask my son. Yeah. They were 12, 13. They got hit. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Hell yeah, I got my fucking son dick sucked. You fucking right. <coughs> yes, a grown woman. Grown, super grown. Super grown. Checked his ass out. Checked all my nephews out. Super grown. Is she grown? She checked me out. I know what the fuck she did to them. She checked me out, that bitch. I'm getting them prepared, man. Why is this permissible? Why? I just don't know why we need to be told this information. I feel like, I mean, if that's what you get into, Boosie, with you and your family, like, why do we need to know that? 
Now, the, the funny part is he's not the only person doing that. There's mad stories out there of rappers and young artists by somebody older, you know, forcing them to have sex with older women. I haven't heard it in the Usher story. I didn't heard it in the Bow Wow story. This this well, is a thing. Lil Twist came on the Hollywood Unlocked and said that he'll never be the same after the whole Carter experience because in the documentary, Baby said that he had that done to Wayne. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. So this is like a thing. So it's not like this is just a boosy thing. This is a thing that happens, period. So is it okay why? then? No, I don't think it's okay. I still understand why we got to hear it. If that's what you do for your son, why, why does the world need to know what you and your son do I don't think it's cool. I feel like because he's because pro- he probably feels like it's my son's dick and I can do what I want with it. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of times, even like in the music industry, when you put young people in these predicaments, they're still scared. Rather, he if the person like girls or not, you trying to force a thirteen year old boy to be with a grown woman that could be that could still be traumatizing, even if the person loves girls. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a it's a lot goes into that. Like you're forcing him to do something that he might not want to do. So and why did she have to be grown? Jason, because that's a whole bigger issue. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> he finding little girl. That is a no, way. I know. I know. There's no. That's right another way. Carl Malone issue. There's no right. Well, he got off. Of, he got off. I mean, we for, we look how fast how we forgot about him because he's but, not in jail. He's not even under indictment. He's not even being investigated. But but here's my question: If Ti would have taken his daughter uh-huh. at 12 to have sex with a 20 year old man or 21 year old man to It'd prove that outraged. she wasn't a lesbian we would be outraged right It'd now it would have been crazy yeah no you're right like I said it's still trauma in that like you can't force somebody to have sex if they don't want to not saying his son don't want to who knows what his son wanted because it didn't matter maybe his but, son did want it but d- d- just because your son wants heroin do you shoot his veins up too no you're making a great point I mean if your son wants to smoke a blunt at 12 do you pass it to him no you shouldn't I just say, Boosie, if that's how you get down with your family, we don't need to know, bro. We don't need to know that. Keep that, keep that on in the family. Keep that out of Instagram. Everything don't need to be on Instagram. Well, you, what is quarantine doing? I want to know what you guys think. Text the word show and what you think to the number below and tell us what you think about this. Um, because I I'm outraged. So do that, please. I'm done. <laughs> Speaking of outrage, you know Donald Trump is no uh he's no stranger to outrage. He recently announced during a press meeting uh, uh a briefing on Monday this past Monday that he was taking hydrochloroquine. What, what the, I'm you know, sorry, Jason. No, How do you it's say it's hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. Okay. And this mm-hmm. is not hydroxycut for all of you trying to find your abs. This is like some real high level shit that the FDA has not approved for uh treating COVID-19. Yeah, uh, apparently he wanted to jump on something that wasn't approved. I wouldn't be taking that shit. But uh, according to the New York Post, President Trump said he started taking the drug after receiving a letter from a doctor about the anti-malaria drug benefits. He states the doctor told him none of his patients have fallen ill or died after receiving the treatment. Um, But he 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 didn't only just take the drug, though. He actually, in a press conference with the with the worldwide media, Uh, said this. A lot of good things have come out about the hydroxy. A lot of good things have come out. And you'd be surprised at how many people are taking it, especially the frontline workers, before you catch it. The frontline workers, many, many are taking it. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. Hydroxychloroquine? I'm taking it. Hydroxychloroquine. Right now, yeah. 
a couple of weeks ago, I started taking it. Because I think it's good. I've heard a lot of good stories. And if it's not good, I'll tell you right, I'm not going to get hurt by it. It's been around for 40 years for malaria, for lupus, for other things. I take it. You know the expression I've used, John? What do you have to lose? Okay, what do you have to lose? So I take happen, medicine? I have been taking it for about a week, week for about a week and a half. Every day? At some point, every day. I take a pill every day. Uh, at some point, I'll stop. So that came as a shock to people. People didn't know that the president of the United States, who has the country that has the most cases, was actually using a drug that was not supported by the FDA, hmm. uh, you know, to treat COVID-19 that he does not have, allegedly. So that, so, okay, so what's the big story? Is the big story that he's taking something the FDA didn't approve or that he's saying he didn't have damage. COVID, I don't, I but he's taking know. a under-the-counter under the kind of COVID damage your president is an idiot you don't remember he just said this and then i see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute one minute and is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs so it'd be interesting to check that so that you're gonna have to use medical doctors with but it sounds it sounds interesting to me yeah so if you're telling the country that they could put bleach in their system to kill it and then now you're using a drug that the fda the food and drug administration that is a part of our country's government that says what you can and cannot use what's safe and not safe if, that you can use that you're using this medicine to treat COVID 19 that you don't have or to prevent it you can then create a surge in other people trying to access a drug that the FDA is saying, we do not support you taking this drug. Now, I, I think it's completely idiotic, but I do like that at least he follows his own advice. Like, well, if he's going to tell you to do some dumb shit, at least he's doing it too. Yeah, <laughs> like, lead by example. This is, this is not the only reason why this is in the news. He's actually under fire because, as you know, he has a loose mouth. Uh, he's worse than the bottom in West Hollywood. That mouth is always moving. He had some disrespectful shit. He always calls somebody fat or overweight. Well, um, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, who I love, she's literally my spirit animal. Um, you know, they've been fighting ever since before, um, you know, he was impeached and after the impeachment, and I think they're going to fight all the way into her grave or his grave, whichever comes first. But she uh, was recently talking to a reporter uh, about him saying that he's using hydroxychloroquine and she had this to say. He's our president and I would rather he not be taking something that has not been approved uh, by the scientist, especially in his age group and in his, shall we say, weight group, what is morbidly obese, they say. So I, I, uh, I, I think it was, it's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he actually responded to her. And he said this. Pelosi is a sick woman. She's got a lot of problems, a lot of mental problems. <laughs> and then and then Nancy did what my petty ass would do. She doubled down and this is what she had to say. I think he should recognize that his words weigh a ton. <laughs> Look, I, petty boots, petty a, boots. <laughs> I feel like everything is like an IG Twitter battle now, even politics. I'm here for it. I think Nancy's been kicking his ass and she's amazing. But do you think the president of the free world should be out publicly talking about using a product or a medicine for a national international pandemic, a worldwide pandemic that doesn't work or is proven to be dangerous? No, but can any other people get their hands on hydroxychloroquine? Hydroxychloroquine? Yeah, yeah. I have a friend who used it for when oh, she, she had arthritis, a rheumatoid arthritis, and she used it. Um, and she said it had serious side effects and she was like, this is oh, not, wow. this is not a good drug. Yeah. 
Oh, well, hell no. I mean, and at the same time, do we trust the FDA? It's so many ifs here. It's so <laughs> many ifs. Do I trust Trump? Not really. Do I trust the FDA? Not really. But I tell you this, I'm not tra- taking no anti-malaria, nothing. Right. I'm not taking none of that. So, well, hell no. Adam, who shoots our show, he I think he's taking anti-malaria drugs because we were supposed to go to Africa, but they were scammers and we never made it. But that's a whole other episode. And they made you take the drugs still? Well, I asked Adam to go take his first. I just never got around to it, but we didn't go. Sorry, Adam. All right, y'all. It's time for another Hollywood hookup. Listen, I have been bored in the house and <laughs> in the house bored. And so I ordered a PlayStation in every game I could, but I've killed everybody on Call of Duty. So now me and my best friends, Melissa Ford and DJ Damage, needed a new game to play. And so we downloaded Best Fiends. And uh, DJ Damage, what, what do you think of what do you think about the game? First of all, Best Fiends is dope because let's be honest, we all need a break every now and again. And why not, you know, get your brain active while you relax? So that's why, you know, me, Jason, Melissa, we play this fun puzzle game. It's called Best Fiends. It's like in an oasis of fun. You can take it everywhere. Um, You can experience some me time with it, right? You can escape from everyday reality. So when me and Jason are playing, I'm always winning. But, you know, he does a good job. Well, that's because I'm more into the game trying to massage my brain a little bit. You know, I'm getting up there in age. So Alzheimer's, uh, you know, not trying to see you anytime soon. Exactly. Now, there's thousands of fun challenges and tons of adorable characters to collect along the way. So it's super fun. It's super interactive. For those of you that like something new, you can update the game every month. So that way it doesn't get boring. And if you ain't got no internet, you don't need it for this game. It don't need an internet. It don't need the internet in order to be um, functional. Exactly. And there's a bunch of like, like you said, it updates every month. So there's a bunch of like dope themed challenges. You can collect characters. So you don't have to play as the same character all the time. It's really fun to play with your friends and like Jason was saying, man, it's like a brain game. So if you into like expanding your mind and doing that, this is a perfect way to have fun and also massage your brain so you don't start forgetting stuff. And I don't want to hear nothing about people saying you don't have time to play no games because we all got time. So right now you can fill up your time with your best friends with Best Fiends. Yeah. So before I go to sleep, I like to get on and play like, you know, it helps me put me to sleep. Sometimes when I wake up, when I'm eating breakfast, I'm playing the game. But Best Fiends is dope. And we want you to check it out. So... Best Fiends has thousands of levels already with new levels, events, and characters added every month. It's hours of fun right at your fingertips and even play offline. You don't need any Wi-Fi. With over 100 million downloads and tons of five-star reviews, Best Fiends is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on Apple Store or Google Play. That's Best Fiends without the R. Best Fiends. You know, fiends, like people that are addicted to buying on Amazon, which is something that I am. <laughs> and that is your Hollywood hookup. Do you think that white people can say nigga? Um, no. <laughs> nah. Nah, it don't really bother me no more, but no. Overall, they shouldn't be saying it. No. When, when Adam first started working for Hollywood Unlocked, we went to Essence Festival, right? You know, it's always weird when, like, I'm at an event with, like, a bunch of pro-black shit, me and all my black people, and then I bring some of my staff who are not black, because I just never know what can happen. You know, they may feel comfortable, like, you know, pass me that fried chicken, my nigga, you know, and then all of a sudden now unemployment rate has been added because Adam don't have a job, right? Mm-hmm. So Adam, I didn't know, was also a rapper. Um, AK- Adam, you rap. I think it was like AK-47 or something like that. Well, anyway, because his last name is Costello, AK, it was typical cliche white shit, right? So Kendrick Lamar's on stage rapping, 
And I look over and Adam's rapping every word. And I sat back in my seat like, this nigga better not say nigga because then we're going to have a problem, right? Because I don't mm-hmm. think white people should use nigga either. But when you use the N-word in a, when you're rapping along to a song, mm-hmm. is it okay? You know what? This is the problem. I feel like if you don't want people to say it, why do y'all... It, it's This is so <laughs> tough, Jason. I don't know what to say because this is the thing. We don't want nobody saying the N-word, but when these rappers go to festivals and everything, and when, when YG had My Nigga, My Nigga out, right? He would drop the music and let them all say it. So and they, and, like, they, and they, got, they got to say it twice. The whole hook. And I'm just like, okay, so we, do we want them to not say it, but it's only okay in concert? Is it okay? Like, it's... That's why I, I just let it go because it's like we keep putting it in songs and when these rappers perform it in front of white crowds, no one's upset then. So I don't know, man. I don't personally want you know white people to say it, but at the end of the day, it's like it's beyond me now. Well, recently we posted on Hollywood Unlocked The Bachelorette, Hannah Brown. She's a white chick. Cute mm-hmm. girl, by the way. She was rapping along to a song uh, over social media. It was the baby song, Rockstar. And she, uh, she said this. Vanilla Marquini. Like a cop car with a pistol on my rear like I'm a cop. Have you ever seen a real nigga rock star? It's no good guitarist in the Throw it. And that sparked a lot of controversy because the black black bachelorette uh, had a lot to say about it. And uh, Rachel, uh, who, by the way, shout out to Rachel. She was on Wild and Out. She's pretty cool. She dates a non-black man, but that's besides the <laughs> point. Um, she didn't like it and she said this. But when you're bold enough to say the N-word, on camera, on your platform, then you need to be bold enough to use your face and your on camera and apologize in the same way that you said the word. Now, some people are gonna be like, man, girl, you was the first black bachelorette, you better shut your ass up and stop causing problems. Uh, <laughs> and then now the black bachelor, he even said something. He, oh yeah, he said this. People coming at me because I'm not defending women of color because of what, something that Hannah Brown did. She shouldn't have said the N-word. It's pretty damn simple to me, right? I haven't seen the video. I would like to see the video, but people don't come at me like I'm like like I'm watching everything that's going on between all my cast members on the show. Like, bruh, I love my black woman. It's that simple. But I mean, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like when you it seems create- so it seems so innocent, but at the same time, she should know better. She's a grown woman. But it's like, when do you know better? Because when you go to the festival, you're allowed to say it all day long. Like, there's 30 artists performing where you can say the N-word in the crowd. Well, I'm going to double down. If you are white and you love rap music, because music is the balance between all races and cultures, it is the equalizer. Music brings us all together. Mm -hmm. And you come to my city of Los Angeles, by way of Stockton, California, (laughs) and we run into YG at... Roscoe's and you see YG having dinner and you walk up to his table and say, my nigga, my nigga, I'm not going to be mad at you because he created a song that he wanted everybody to buy. And if you Mm -hmm. happen to be white, you could be Pakistanian. You could be straight out of Wuhan recovering from the coronavirus and see him and say, my nigga, my nigga. And you know what? I ain't going to be mad at you because I've always said, you should not be saying the word that you don't want people to say. Black people, we always say, oh, well, we took control of the word and we deflated mm-hmm. it by saying nigga instead of nigger. Then on one hand, you got Oprah saying, don't use it because that's the last word that people heard before they died. 
Then on the other hand, you use it so frequently that, you know, the, up in the up in New York and in those communities where you have black and brown people like Dominicans, Puerto Ricans and black people, they all use the word because it's a community word. Mm -hmm. I get it that we think we own it. And I say we think because there are people that debate that, too. I don't know. I'm not going to double down on that. But I will say, yeah, if you put it in a rap song, anybody has the right to say it. sound off. Text me right now. Text me and tell me what you think. And don't be blowing up my phone because I ain't got time for it. But tell me. just tell I do me. feel like, you know, as her singing it, she, she had a responsibility not to say it. But it's like the lines are so blurred. It's like, what do, what, what do we want to happen? Like, we keep putting it in, in songs. And I'm not saying we, we, you don't have the freedom of speech to write whatever you want. But it's so okay when they go on stage and they say it. It's like, I don't know. I my don't nigga, know. my nigga. Show's over. <laughs> <laughs> make sure that you um subscribe to the show make sure you're sharing it to people make sure you're texting us we love you we know you're gonna have a lot to say about this i want to hear from you leave comments below but also text us i mean now you got the number i will share everything with damage please don't blow up my phone with everything but uh and the phone is right here so it ain't far away we love everybody melissa we're thinking of you uh yes, this show melissa. this show is pure entertainment we are going back to our boring lives now. Damage is moving to an unknown location. Can't tell you. And I ain't got nowhere to go. So, bye. Until next time. Peace. What up, YouTube? Thank you for watching this reckless show. Yeah, and hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to hit the notification bell. And also don't forget to share and leave a comment because we are reading.